Aloha. This is Moss Wheatland and Story in Mind. And it's uh, twilight and... Let's see, early morning uh, bird? What is that? Is that a robin or is that a... Um, Starling. It's interesting. I think I'll go over and see if the what's up with that bird. Well, anyways, it just flew off into a tree. Uh, yeah, I was just watching uh, Totoro. Um, yesterday I watched. The other Ghibli movie um, is Japanese animation anime uh, called Spirited Away. I got some inspiration from that. And then, uh, so today I thought, oh yeah, I'll watch Totoro, my neighbor Totoro. And that, that one's definitely got... Uh, connection to um, nature spirits. These uh, traditional uh, traditional cultural it's it's easy to sort of divorce oneself from that and sort of say, oh, in the West, we don't have things like that, which is totally untrue. And the more you dig, the more, what is it? The more you dig, the less differences there are um, along that route. And I'm sort of thinking of, oops, I'm just noticing a very nice tree sort of display. It puts stones around the base of this tree. It's a newly planted tree. That uh, that speaks actually a lot. It's like, why, why do we even bother with ornamentation and, you know, planting trees and putting stones around the tree? And yeah, it, it, something's going on. I, and I've talked about this. I think I had a whole episode where I did, talked about a world tree and um, nature spirits. Uh, part of it has to do with, I think uh, Joseph Campbell called it, or referred to it as, seeing the, the vow in everything, right? And uh, being able to recognize life and just going, ah, you know, there's a bit of life in this and that and the other thing. And, uh, rather than disconnecting. And that's something that has been attributed to of the West, quote-unquote. But I suspect it's... Um, I suspect it's everywhere. And it's, you know, some people are... Some people are a bit, you know, broader-minded, open to seeing their connection with everything around them. Know, less 
less cut off from everything. <clears throat> That's the ultimate upshot of it. And, and two, uh, the ultimate upshot is seeing other people and recognize you know, the, the consciousness and the life in them as well. Rather than say, it's just me. You know, it's just me and it's just, you know, the people that are connected to me. You know, it's, it's my side and that's it. My group of people. Um, interesting, too, to sort of go to these two movies which are, say, technically you could say, it, you know, they're kids' shows, and there's something, but there's something really important going on. Um, there's a, a value, and Totoro is, has more to do with the family. We don't get the mother, I believe the mother is sick. She's recovering, recuperating. And th but there's also this, there's this question of health, which I think both of them have. Are they're talking about uh, spirited away? We start and end with a family, and I kind of like to argue that there's a kind of a family, a relationship that builds through it, um, a relationship with the spirit world which I always have to translate, but uh, in order to understand, <laughs> in order to make sense of it. And, yeah, and both of them have that. This, but, but with it is this connection to nature. So it's not, it's not cut off and saying something like, you know, oh, nature is bad, um, and and that's you know that's yet another side of the equation. Uh, even in Japan, you know, you get pollution. You get um, what was that nuclear power plant disaster that's still going on? You can't shut it down. Um, but it's uh, still leaking radiation into the ocean, the Pacific. And then we get some of it here in Vancouver, washing up on our shores. And the Canadian government says, you know, well, it's, you know, it's minute, you know. The seafood that you eat that has it, ah, that's, you know, it's negligible. Um, so it can kill you, you know, but not <laughs> not overnight, right? Kind of like mercury poison, right? A little bit's okay, right? Uh, yeah. So going to these, going to these, and then getting this, um, found myself 
on Twitter uh, commenting to some posts and just getting back to well what is it you know if we love if we love writing about it if we love the subject matter then it's butter it's whatever it's you know it's just so easy to 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 spread so easy to work with it's not it's not cold butter it's it's warm butter um But yeah, uh, I guess it's that there's some some sin- sincerity there, and I'll hear people saying, you know, oh, I really love it, I really like it, but you know, I'm having this problem with it. Well, I've had this talk about writer's block with um, Johannes Steger, and we seem to sort of come back to, we seem to be circling it. I mean, recently it was talking about authenticity. Writing something that was true and relevant to oneself. But it circles around as well that the writer's block is the thing that you don't want to, but you need to write, be writing about. And that's tough because you say you're sitting there going, I love this, right? You know, I, I love this stuff. But you need to be writing something that's different. Is there a kind of love there? Yeah, that's a that's tough. That's tough. I say I think for me because I've gone on this you know quest, it's sort of this endless discovery process of uh, clarifying. And, I, and yeah, there has been change. You know, what I've, like say, in the definition of what I love, like what is it that I enjoy doing with a greater awareness of, okay, well, what is it that I need to be writing? And so there's a shift in what I desire to be doing versus, uh, yeah, I guess it's like something therapeutic or something um, essential. It's interesting too, the last couple of days, some people uh, just, you know, responding with likes, you know, clicking, you know, that they, I post about these two movies and then they click and they go, you know, oh, I like that. And some people will comment and like today it was, the cat bus. An interesting thing going on with my sight or vision or something to do with the weather maybe, but the light, the street lamps are kind of golden rather than orange. And I think it's because it's twilight and, you know, we're getting closer to dawn that there's this shift and now I'm looking down this endless street this loop and uh, 
the trees, their foliage is being nibbled away by these little green worms. I went, just the other day I was down on a different street and they have these maple trees that were fine, right? No green worms. And so I think it has to do, I don't know if it's kind of like a infestation or that these trees just naturally attract these worms. Yeah, because these are not maple trees. Maple trees are not really local. Like, say, we have a lot of cedar. Um, we have these really thin trees called cottonwood. There's a bunch of other ones. There's an interesting one called dogwood that is sort of has a flower that is has been adopted as the provincial flower. Or maybe it's the tree, anyways. Um, I think it's the flower. One of my neighbors has these little um, lamps. Like, you know, you, you go up the walk, the sidewalk to the house, and there's sort of lights that sort of illuminate the, the way. And there's something kind of, I want to say it's sort of like a... Anyways, they're these nice little lamps. They've got this interesting sort of shape. and I keep wanting to say like a beehive kind of thing, a glowing beehive. So, I'm approaching a... A bunch of, uh, what is it called, lawn sprinklers. I'm just wondering how... <laughs> Am I going to get sprayed? So far, so good. Hey! So, uh, let's see. Let's see what's going on. So right now it seems to be yeah, getting into the chair. But uh, it feels like when I'm, I've been sort of giving this advice to other people, write what you love, that I'm really I'm giving it to myself. And I'm, it's this kind of reminder of to be... Oh, these people, you know, they're... <laughs> this one I think I have to time... Because uh, they're just... They're just watering the sidewalk. Is there two of them? There's two of them! Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm giving advice. I'm, I'm attempting to remind myself to kind of coax myself to, to sort of, you know, get in the chair and write something to enjoy it. 
you know, to, to, to find some enjoyment. And I think that's what the couple of days, you know, getting back to Ghibli and this animation, anime, is that thinking about, okay, well, what is enjoyable and um, finding that, cultivating that. Because writing uh, can get really grim, and that uh, there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, point or um, hope to it. Just some more sort of Twitter uh, comments I remember, and two that I've I've had happen to me is where instead of working on the thing that you ought to be working on, and there's an interesting word, ought to be. Uh, instead of that, you go off and you write a whole new manuscript. You know, you do first draft and you might have a great time. And uh, maybe it's just the beginning where you're sort of, you know, I want to write something fresh and new and interesting. It's a, I think on one hand it's a form of procrastination. Like you're not, you're not dealing with the the WIP, the work in progress, you know, you're going off and creating something new. But there's a kind of message there, sort of like, you know, you're doing it wrong. I'm, and to this morning, I, I almost said to somebody, you know, if you're not enjoying writing, you're doing it wrong. And that's an interesting, troublesome, sort of, I sort of went, oh, you know. So then how do you enjoy writing? Um, and two, I didn't respond to that person. I didn't say it. I almost did. And it really, it's packed into my, the statement, you know, uh, write what you love. You know, really difficult. Re it's That one is a really difficult uh, statement. Because, say, if I consider it, I'm going, that I've, I've spent a lot of time um, struggling, right? Say, I've, you know, I've been doing it wrong. And uh, is that true? There's a quote from Hemingway that goes around, uh, pops up occasionally on Twitter, and that's, um, writing is easy, you just sit, at, sit down at the keyboard and bleed. And other statements like that. And on one hand, you know, yes, but then on the other hand, no. I mean, you could, there is an option, you know. Why, why aren't we writing stuff that is, is a pleasure, right? We just sit down and we're just, oh, let's have fun, right? Let's just, you know. And two, my experience rewriting yesterday, I did two chapters and it was fun, right? I'm going, wait, what's going on? Rewriting is supposed to be this, you know, blood, sweat, and tears thing. You know, because you're, you're taking the original, you know, you're throwing that out, the, the chapter, and then you're writing a whole new chapter. It's, you know, no, it's supposed to be painful. So I'm kind of wrestling with that, and... and uh, Maybe it's a kind of 
programming or maybe it's a kind of cultural perception or you know it is it possible that say from now on every time I sit down I'm just going to have a great time and uh, you know lots of fun wow <laughs> you know it, it, it almost feels like it would be difficult to stay away from the the, uh, the keyboard and the word processor in that case uh, because it would be you know a great amount of uh, enjoyment. <clears throat> so now I'm backtracking and going, okay, well, what, what was it that I was doing? Um, because I did, a f I did a first draft within a month. That's normal for my first drafts. It's a month cranking it out. And then I come back, and that's where my difficulty uh, starts to happen. And the, the blood, sweat, and tears. I even found a note from a year ago where uh, I talked about doing the second draft of what I'm working on now. And, and in between that time... I wrote, I wrote at least another manuscript, a different project, and you know I've put this manuscript aside. I've been working on smaller projects. I had this sort of idea I was going to do a, a Wattpad serial that may never see the light of day. But apparently, you know, it was something that I wanted to do. You know, as work, working through something. I've really been... I've had moments recently where I've been enjoying the revisioning process. And... Thinking about the setting in a new way. Um, but it was yesterday. It was yesterday... And these two chapters where it just just came alive and and then i could I could finally see you know there was light at the end of the tunnel so here's me attempting to kind of is is there a way to make this into a kind of discipline, like say, is there a way to change how I'm doing this? I thought for a while, I, th I, I thought, okay, is it possible for me to do the Stephen King thing, where he writes in the morning 10 pages, and then he edits in the afternoon, and I believe it's the same 10 pages. It'd be interesting if, if it was that he put aside he put aside his first draft in the morning and then in the afternoon that he's editing some uh, stuff that has been on the back burner, you know, so that he's actually got two works in progress going at the same time. For some reason, I want to say, in a sense, it is that way that, say, 
your first draft in the morning, it would be kind of a different project when you're approaching it again. You know, you're doing another pass through it. The, um, it, you know, second draft, basically. Uh, it's just that it hasn't had any time to percolate or anything like that. Uh, but uh, that's not my process. And uh, instead, it seems to be that I'm, I'm having this moment of going, I have to be writing like this, right? This, you know, I, I enjoy doing it this way. So why not do it this way? It's weird because rewriting was, uh, it was, it was always kind of advertised or I always, I always thought, you know, well, I wrote it again. You know, I already wrote it. Why would I write it again? And, and I guess it's just that it's, uh, how it's, uh, it's written. <laughs> people the people who are watering their sidewalk with their sprinklers they've they've got these massive sort of SUV death machines moss be positive uh, such a, yeah such a different perspective and two I I grew up with four by four trucks and um yeah so does that does that fix anything no it doesn't so just ignore me i was i was thinking actually it was this morning i was thinking hey why not do this podcast for like say for a year right and or say, you know, find find an appropriate time when it's you know it's done. I've I've say I've I'm just rehashing things, and then start up a podcast that's uh, talking about talking like say I I keep coming back to things like the uh, CO two scrubbers. Um, carbon dioxide scrubbers filtering the air and you know just sort of focus on that and talk about that and or maybe sort of make it about say particular projects like say that this is you know this is talking about you know terrapin fantasy and then that I would start up a different podcast for uh, talking about a different project, maybe a sci-fi thing or something, or my fantasy cowboy thing or something. Because I do have these notions of this science fiction city, like, say, a utopia, and just all of the resistance towards towards that, towards... Uh, you know, creating and then creating a, having a civilization, having a culture, 
without conflict. I saw an earth flag today that was pretty boss, meaning pretty good, and it had seven circles, and I didn't want to read into it as far as, say, seven spheres or anything like that, but there was, there was mention of uh, seven, it was, uh, or the, it's like the blue of the ocean, and then there's these seven, seven um, rings, kind of like Olympic rings. And I liked it. Uh, and it's been around for, uh, I don't know if it's 10 years now, but they actually took the flag up to the North Pole and planted it at the North Pole. I'm, I'm sort of trying to think, is that possible? Now that, you know, it's underwater, isn't it? So maybe they, maybe they sank something or, you know, that's a long pole sticking out of the water. And two, I think it's that the flag is meant to go to Mars, or that that's been suggested. That's nice. Um, so that was a thought. Right? Sort of have have a, start up a, a a different podcast. So almost, I guess, like say that this is like the the psychological, I guess, say for me, that this is the, um, this is all about the mind, whereas, say, if I'm writing, or if I'm starting up a different podcast, it would be talking about the future, and sci-fi, rather than, you know, and to, say, getting into hard sci-fi, hard science, rather than, um, the soft, <laughs> the soft, the the the, the, the touchy feely. <clears throat> There's a bit of dampness to the air right now. Maybe that's what is kind of affecting. Okay, so so you're moving into this second half of the episode and thinking about not not so much say not so much say writing something that you that is attractive but say that the actual that there's this kind of relaxed sort of say, I'm just going to write, you know, and then even when I'm rewriting, you know, and just sort of allow a kind of style and not be um, super critical. You know, still, still do the editing and everything, but allow something, allow something to happen. And sort of what 
what am I thinking? I, I'm thinking in some situations that 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 could be very difficult. Say if you're known for, <coughs> excuse. <coughs> If you're <clears throat> known for a <clears throat> particular style of, <clears throat> I've just got a frog. <clears throat> so I'm just thinking that someone has the writing horror. And there's, there's this transition going on, and all of a sudden they are moving in a direction that perhaps the industry, or perhaps, say, readership, they don't want. I was talking to Don DeBrandt. He mentioned this at least once. Um... But he's used different versions of his name for different projects. And he was saying that this is normal in the industry. And so for me, I found this uh, a little unusual. Um, but say he's doing things like, say, he's, he's writing, like, say, he would write something that's say, would be paranormal. And then another project would be crime, and uh, crime thriller. And initially, I think I was thinking, oh, these are not so different. But, you know, they are. And I guess it's that the association that, say, you would want to be able to continue writing paranormal. Like, say, you don't want somebody looking you up and going... Oh, he writes paranormal, not crime. He's not known for crime, or this is you know, this is their this is the debut crime novel. But normally he writes you know this style. And then two uh, big names, J.K. Rowling. You know she goes, she writes under a pseudonym. She writes a detective novel. And then all of a sudden people are buying, you know, this detective novel. And two, I think she had a ish uh, masculine name. And I think. But anyways, you know, she didn't want, you know, she didn't want it to be J.K. Rowling and she wanted to break out and do something different. But then there's other authors that I know of who, like say Isaac Asimov, who did you know many different things. I'm just sort of going through the file cabinet, going, oh, is that true? You know, maybe it was non-fiction um, guidebook commentary. But I sort of had this memory of he was doing, you know, it was genre fiction, but it was, it was different kinds of genre. 
Huh, yeah, interesting. It makes sense, though, the more I think about it, that sort of what you're known as. And that was interesting, talking with Don, uh, Don DeBrandt, and going, going through these different uh, <clears throat> identities. Because <laughs> I think there's about... I think there's about four or five. And it's just different variations on his on his name. No one knows who he really is. He's a man of mystery, international man of mystery. Um and then for me, you know, I'm I'm still sort of circling and um you know this uh, this conundrum, and two, it has to do with with writing, with addressing self esteem and because uh, you 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 can you can force that. I think that's what Johannes calls shoehorning, right? You can shoehorn that in. Um, you know, but, but is that what the story is about? I almost feel like that over the arc of the series that, that there's, say, this totality, that it's kind of like a slow build, you know, and things, things are sort of morphing and mixing. (laughs) I, I suppose I'll have uh, greater clarity later. But I'm just sort of troubled by it the day after and going, you know, oh my gosh, you know, why, why can't I, why can't I have this experience every day and why am I not, um, is there a discipline to this? There was, a, there was an element of also of trust before it happened that I was, I was trusting the process was going, it's going to happen. It always happens. You know, every year I, I write. Every year I have these bursts. I have downtime. So it's this rising and falling. Something else that I noticed was a kind of um, a bit of a bit of a shift in focus. That sort of say, um, looking back and going, I, I think that I've kind of moved on. That that I was I was say work. I have old manuscripts, and and I'll, I'll save those, but. I'm I'm not sure. You see, I don't think that I would go back and work on them in the same way that that, that there has been this um, shift, and it seems natural. But for example, the old sci-fi novella I did first thing ever, and it was um, it was sci-fi, 
but it it lacked um, the internal conflict, the story. It had plot, but it didn't have story. I've said this before. And I really look at it as... Um, if I did go back to it, that that would be what I would be focusing on. And building that, and really considering mental health in the future. But I don't know that for all of the projects. At least, uh, I had, after I did the sci-fi novella, I did a fantasy trilogy. I have three manuscripts called The Enterer of Pictures. But, um, that one is really rough and raw and creative and I, I've i tried a number of times to tackle it and sort of what was my thought? My thought was almost let's just get rid of this stuff let's just empty you know sort of focus let's clean out and just just do this what, what I was doing yesterday and uh, focus on the present work on, on this stuff now So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to believe that this is, a, you know, this is the beginning of a whole new age of, uh, of writing. And, uh, I, I, I suspect, though, that it's just the beginning of kind of the season for me. You know, that I'm going to have this peak that, uh, you know, it, this is a sort of slow start, and then, you know, midsummer is going to peak, and then it's going to start uh, crashing. There is a productivity that happens for me in the fall and winter, but I'm I'm just hoping that there's more enjoyment and less less of the blood, sweat, and tears. Or Hemingway's bleeding, and and that when it's time to to take a break, you know, say after after um, you know hitting hitting the new year. Wow, that's it's loud and juicy. What is that bird? This, uh, this is a crow looking as puzzled as I am as to what that bird was. I just saw a little sign on a tree. Um, well, might as well sort of make our way make our way home uh, so today is 
is all about um, getting in the chair, doing a couple more chapters, and and to doing them as as first drafts. You know, I have I have an outline for them. I know what they're about, and I'm 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 using uh, the original draft as a kind of you know frame. I think a like earlier, or I should say later, uh, later last week, during this past week, that uh, somebody had mentioned something about that, that they were beginning to lose steam and interest uh, with their main character, and I suggested switching point of view. And I, I was I was pretty pleased with myself. I thought, you know, yeah, that's productive because you, you know, you can pick it up, pick up somebody else, and two, you can always flip it back, you know. But you've actually, you know, you've gotten through that. Um, and uh, so I'm just thinking about productivity, but also enjoyment and. The argument that the reader can, they can tell, you know, they can, they know when we are in love, right? When, when, when it's hot and, you know, it's like, okay, it's, uh, it's happening. I, I, I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure about, it, it's interesting too with this episode, I'm kind of, you know, I had steam and now I, I can feel it, I've run out of steam and so it's, t- it's time for another I don't know if it's time for another cup of tea, but you know it's time to um, time to recharge. That that is one thing about the first book is that there was a huge amount of um, there's exploration. But also enjoyment and 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 fun and spend spending time with uh, characters and situations that just it, it was pleasurable. And I'm sort of thinking, I was like, was was it always like that? No, right? It was sometimes it was a slog. But I do remember um, enjoyable things like writing about these two mice characters that. Uh, they, you know, they were comic relief, and they got turned up um, all the way. So interesting, too, to sort of, because I know they, they, they went back, 
so what would it be? Not 20 years, but it would be it would be getting close that uh, I had these two mice kicking around, and I remember when they got their names, and uh, there's a chalkboard, and I drew these two mice and you know, put their names up there. But they were mice, and they hadn't transformed into talking beasts. I guess the thing about it is that, also too, I haven't gotten there yet. Like, say, um... The, the, sh the shift is happening. What do I mean by that? Mm. That uh, a kind of transformation, more in the sense of, say, um, not having something published and then having something published. You know, also, too, the, you know, the humbling part of it, you know, that it, it's, you know, it's small press, you know, and it's, it's um, what is it called? Meek? Meek beginnings? Or is it... Um, so another part of it is looking at it, looking at the trajectory and going, you know, I really might as well write something, make something that I really enjoy instead of waiting around. Um, instead of sort of, you know, bashing it and changing it and, you know, making it into something else. And uh, that's what this whole uh, past couple of years have been. It's sort of, say, getting closer and closer to something that um, appeals to me personally, right, and speaks to me, and that I, you know, that I can be increasingly proud of, rather than not, rather than kind of, say, you know, being ashamed, or, oh my god, I sold out, or something like that. Or also too confused, because that, that was, that has been a, a part of the first book, is this confusion, it's like, you know, I don't understand, we spent two years working on this. What is that bird? <laughs> I wonder if it sounds like a jungle to you, because it has, there's a lot of birds, at times there's a lot of birds, but so you're wrapping it up in this nine minutes. Yeah, more. I have more questions than anything. How can one figure out, like, how can one maximize on enjoyment, and how can one sort of be moving towards characters, characters 
characters' plots and stories that matter personally, right? So that we're getting the most out of it, and we're having this experience of yeah. I'm just thinking of like you know perfect scenario. Um, That the, the, there's the, there's some way somehow of every time sitting down and you're working on it right you're working on the the thing that sets you on fire which thinking about it doesn't sound like a great description but you know what yeah what is it that uh, Is there a way to channel and focus? In a way, it's almost like um, you know, figuring out how to reprogram yourself or um, to reprogram yourself or to what's that called? A, a positive, a positive uh, brainwashing. Um, Conditioning. <laughs> Washing and conditioning. Uh, yeah, so just... Um, um, does it have to do just with... Um, subject matter? Like, say... How does one go about finding a character that speaks to you, right? That's sort of going, you know, this is hilarious, or this is so much fun, this this character, this situation. And I think part of that is a consideration of making a list. Actually, I, I, I recorded an episode that I, I didn't publish because it sort of seemed more personal and it was called, uh, I called it, you know, a few of my favorite things, like the Julie Andrews Sound of Music song. And it was just going through um, a list, and I was just listing off things that I enjoy, that I enjoy writing about, that get me sort of, get my imagination fired up, um, that I'm interested in, you know, that I'll actually sort of track down what was it today uh, it was and this is like early early morning we're talking like 2 in the morning and it was um, I think it was called Echoes from Dragon Island by a, that's the name of the album it was by a prog rock band uh, something like uh Um, car, Carfa something. Anyways, uh, it, really, it started with the illustration of the album cover, the name. I just saw Dragon Island, and then it went on and on. I was curious about the lyrics, so I looked at the lyrics, and the lyrics were inspired by um, Robert. Is it Robert? Yeah, Robert Louis Stevenson who did 
a bunch of stuff. I think he did uh, Treasure Island, and he did... Let's see, what was it? I think he did... Uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Uh, I think that those are two of the big ones, I think. Anyways, so his writing becomes lyrics, inspires these lyrics, and there's this music, and it's weird and wonderful and inspiring. <laughs> no, now the now the crows are getting territorial, and uh, they are. Uh, I wonder if what they're doing right now is is they're sort of defining space territory and saying this is my turf, you know that's your turf. We get the good nest, you get the bad nest, things like that. Just imagining my neighbors looking out the window. And, What's that guy doing? I heard that he's a, he's a writer. Oh. <laughs> Why is he talking into his phone? <laughs> like, I'm dictating, I'm dictating. Um... So I guess I guess what I'd like to suggest, kind of like almost like coming up with a solution uh, for you, for myself, mostly for me. Maybe you can learn from this. Uh, that uh, in in that consideration of of choosing a project that is enjoyable, that it, it boils down to sort of going, okay, well, what am I interested in, and what you know what rather than just sort of flailing about having a sort of having a specific um, agenda having uh, stories having a list of stories that you like having a list of characters that you like I'm just I'm going for one I was like, uh, it's actually a pair it's the Thompson twins from the Tintin comics I think they're from Belgium the comics and uh, the Thompson twins are uh, twins, and they're a pair of detectives, and they are bumbling detectives, and they fall downstairs, and it's a lot of uh, slapstick humor, right? Uh, accidentally hitting each other and forgetting things. Sort of, is it forgetfulness? It's more just being sort of, you know, clumsy. But also that they're likable. They try to be very serious. It's it's almost like a a pair of Inspector Clouseau's, say, or um, a bumbling detective, but we have two of them. And, and then, say, considering stories that one likes, and I, I go back to things like, say, I, I still, I really love the first Star Wars movie, and I keep coming back to that. You know, it's like, well, what is it about it, you know? And I think it's that, that that's what I ought to write um, for myself, right? To make it, you know, because, you know, because writing is, uh, it is, can be difficult. So why not have a project that is at least approachable? You know, that you're not going to be sort of wincing at and going, oh my God, I hate that thing. 
but instead, you know, that the inspiration is there, like that the, um, there's this impulse that speaks. And, and this is, this is it for me. I have these, you know, just in the past two days, I've seen these two shows that, um, I value, right? And that, uh, you know, they have fantasy, they're fantastic, they have social purpose, um, environmental purpose, uh, uh, in, in translation, psychological purpose. And they are fun. One of, one of the things I noticed, and too, this is, you know, this is not the first time viewing, it must be like third or fourth, maybe fifth, but uh, there's storylines. So yesterday, with Spirited Away, I noticed these storylines and began to sort of observe the arc of a single character. And um, today I was, I was watching the arc of the youngest character in the story and just sort of, you know, noticing the attention and, and the fun uh, of it, right? There's these really fun moments. Things like, say, uh, the kids are scared, and the father says, you know, well, let's, you know, let's laugh and yell, and that will scare away the things that are bothering you. And so they do this late at night, and, uh, uh, you know, it breaks. For, say, for me, I look at it and go, wow, they are they are jamming kind of like say culture jamming that they are throwing a wrench they're sort of sabotaging you know f the f uh, fight or flight reaction response you know, so, okay well you know instead of that we're going to make fun of it and laugh and um, almost like ridicule it sort of like, we're not scared. Uh, and, and that speaks to me, possibly in a different way than it, it might to somebody else. But I go, you know, that's awesome. You know, yeah, more of that. Um, and, and two, there's there's things like, say, almost like mashups, like, say, taking inspiration from something and combining into, into a new way. I saw somebody had done that. They had combined, I think it was Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, I think it was Peter Pan, and something else. Ah, some Canadian geese. Oh, okay, there we go. We're out of time. Uh, thank you for listening.